Let me bring in my next guest uh, to discuss the Fed announcement. I'm joined by Andrew Brenner, head of international fixed income securities at Nat Alliance Securities. Thank you so much for being with us. We got what we expected, 75 basis points. The vote was 12 to 0. It was unanimous to make this move. Um, forecasting further rate hikes uh, sharply rises, uh, raises the outlook for the funds rate, and that must be what's pressuring this market, right? Nicole, the, the two things that they did that surprised the markets is they were expecting, as I just heard you say, about four and a quarter was the expectation for next year. They now have put it at 460 based on the dots. And the second thing they did is people thought that we'd get into the low threes in 2024. They're now indicating 390. So these rates are a lot higher than people expected going out. In two years, have backed up about 12 to 14 basis points. Mm -hmm. So we've hit new, low, new high yields in twos, threes, and fives. We've taken out the support that we had, yeah. and now we have to go and reevaluate. Now, I, mean I will. I was going to say, and as you mentioned, the yield, I can see uh, the 10-year right now, 3.614 at right. this time. The, the two-year was at 4%. These are the highest levels we've seen for the two years since 2008. Right, might right. even be 2007. Seven. I have to okay. go back, back yeah. and look. But yeah. yes, first time in 14 or 15 years that we've had such high rates in the short end. And I'm sure one-year bills are probably around 415. So, I mean, you've got a lot of things going on here, and it's all in the short end, and that's herd mm -hmm. equities. One thing I do want to point out, and this might be a little bit cynical, because I still think the Fed is, is going to get scared once the employment numbers come down. I just want to point out that one year ago, September of 21, for their outlook to December of 22, there were eight Fed governors who said the Fed would not raise rates at all in 22. There were five that said they would only raise once, and there were three that said they would raise twice. You've already had the effectively 14 rate rises this year. So don't believe what the Fed outlook or the pro pro projections from the Fed right. governors will be a year from now. They have no idea. If the economy slows like we think it's going to, housing yeah. is already slowing, and if employment starts to reverse, the Fed is going to be much more dovish than the outlook they are that they're projecting today. And but for to, today, wait, they are very Wait, let me support hawkish. that with numbers, because I just saw a flash about 4.4% by the end of the year, up from June's projections where they were saying 3.4% by the end of the year. It shows how hawkish and serious the Fed is about at least one of their two mandates, and that is to fight inflation fast and not have the economy really absorb and get used to this inflationary environment. That's true. But, you know, inflation is a lagging indicator because the things that are moving inflation higher are rents. And yes. we're seeing housing come down dramatically, mm -hmm. slowing down. Mortgage rates are now between six and a quarter and six and a half. They were 280 a year ago. So, I mean, you're seeing that slow down. You've seen open door lost 42 percent of all the homes, lost money on 42 percent of the homes that they were buying. So they got out of the market. Zillow right. got out of the market a few months ago. And Blackstone got out of, out of 38 markets. So, I mean, open door, we read what they said. They were the liquidity in the housing market. So now, not only do you have rates at six and a quarter, six and a half, you have the biggest buyer or the biggest buyers of housing out of the market. So housing is already slowing. Rents will follow. We're already seeing it in the early warning thing of rents. However, mm -hmm. the rents will not affect CPI for at least three months. Yeah, I'm just doing a little charting here and seeing that with our drop here, 3848. 
um, for the S&P 500. Looks like we're going back to about July 18th here. So, um, you know, erasing some of, we had obviously a lot of volatility That's right. throughout this year, and most of the guests still say the experts continued volatility. I mean, where's the VIX right now? 27.29 for the VIX. VIX not so worried. That doesn't mean capitulation to me. No, no, it, re it really doesn't. Uh, there, there's a lot of apathy out there. There's a real lack of liquidity. I mean, we're seeing, we saw going into this number, CTAs, we saw hedge funds at relatively small positions compared to what they've had in the past. So, you know, people are very concerned. There's a lot of, there's a lot of volatility, as you said, and there's a lack of liquidity. We sent out a chart just before we walked in here at the NYSC showing Bloomberg Treasury yeah. liquidity, and it's like almost as bad as it was at the heart of the pandemic. There's just no liquidity, so you're yeah. you're moving markets all over the place yeah. with very little with very little number of bonds. So look at that, the dollar further strength on the dollar, 111 there, and that's New something. Um, yeah, and I think that's very notable. I mean, it's tough for the multinationals. It's something that everybody watches closely. The other thing is the Fed sharply lowers GDP forecasts. Well, Nicole, remember when, when you last had me here at FedTime, you know, when you expected me to say that I thought the dollar, which had peaked at the moment, would continue to go lower, I took the other side of that. And I said I thought the DXY would head towards 116, mm -hmm. the euro down to 92, and the, and the British pound down to, down to parity. Now, you yeah. may not quite get there, but you're certainly moving in that direction. You know, Europe still has all their energy problems, even though they seem to be doing a better, a good job of conserving. And China right. still has all their COVID problems. So there's a lot going on, and the U.S. is still, you know, the least dirty shirt in the laundry, so to speak. 1.2% for 2023, 1.7% for 2024, and 1.8% for 2025 for GDP. This year, 0.2% by the end of this year. What are your thoughts on these GDP uh, prints that they're expecting going forward? Uh, I, I do think that we're going to show, I think we're going to show continued weakness going into the end of the year as the slowdown and into the first part of next year. But I still believe the U.S. economy is resilient. I believe ultimately these numbers will be higher, uh, not lower. But in the near term, I see the trend in the momentum, and people are just not hiring like they, like they were, and they're looking to fire. I saw headlines from Meta today. I saw yeah. headlines from Amazon recently. I mean, everywhere you look at, you see less and less people that want to hire. What's also interesting is how you have different viewpoints, right? The resiliency of the market has been stellar and on many occasions before this, and I'm sure after this, this is our great American country and this market has, has served people well over the long term. Um, but when I look at, for example, FedEx, right? And he was looking more abroad as being right. the problem. But when they, when they asked the CEO about the United States, okay. I mean, he talked about, you know, the global worries, but then he thought it was trickling into the United States too. He wasn't that hot on the United States. He was worried. There's no question things are slowing down in the United States, but if things are pathetic in Europe, and then if, if Russia, who was sable rattling yeah. this morning, talking about nuclear weapons and, you know, and fighting to the death and those kind of incendiary comments, you know, do you really want to invest in Europe right now? You know, and right. as well as China. I mean, I, I still think the U.S. is the best place. Yes, things are slowing down, no question about it. Mm -hmm. But there are still shortages of labor, and the U.S. economy will continue to move forward. So I'm also um, taking a look, and I think it's worth noting, not only have markets turned into the red, but also we've erased the idea of a weekly gain, at least for now, unless later 
before tomorrow something changes. I think after we've had, I think it's uh, four of the last five trading weeks have been down, and so this could have been a winning week. But now with this move, because earlier today we were in the green for the week, so. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's hard to say. I mean, it's only Wednesday. I right. mean, you know, the real trends in these markets start Thursday morning after people analyze what the Fed actually said and what, yeah. what the Powell presser is. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not giving up on this week. But as we look at next week, that's quarter end, that's, uh, that's month end, and the equity market has vastly underperformed. So I do think there's going to be a lot of reallocations from uh, bonds into uh, stocks for next week. So you might you might be putting off the uptick until next week. And uh, the, the market breadth has changed um, now. Also earlier, I was saying just at 2 o'clock that all 11 sectors were higher, led right. by consumer staples, industrials. Well, guess what? Right now, we see most of them to the downside, 10 of the 11 are lower, communication services, materials, consumer discretionary, healthcare. There is one sector that is still in the green, and it is a defensive one, and that would be consumer staples. Final thoughts? Well, you know, my, my, my thoughts are that, you know, September is the worst month of the 12 months for equities. Yeah. And it hasn't been, it hasn't disappointed me in the least. The, the bottoms of equities in my, in my uh, 30 years of experience happened the first two weeks of October. So, you know, we'll wait and see how things are in the next week to 10 days. And as we go into the election, I do think we're going to get a bounce. And I'm not one of these bearish guys like Rubini or Mike Wilson or whatever thinking about 3,000 S&P. I still think that you've got to take out 3,800, which looking at this could happen before, uh, before I leave downtown. But uh, no question that, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see if 3639 gets taken out as well, which was the low of, uh, of June. June. Yeah, and our own Ben Lichtenstein always is following that closely. There's a look at the heat map, and you can see uh, mostly red on the screen here. Um, they also, the Fed sees 4.4% unemployment in 2023. Any job thought? Well, that's a little bit higher. I thought thought they were starting to worry about 4.1. So if you if they're now projecting 4.4, that's telling us that the Fed plans to continue to increase rates even into a recessionary type economy. So, uh, but I tend to okay. think, you know, yeah. Nicole, when when push comes to shove, I really do think that this is a uh, dovish Fed in wolf's clothing, and I just don't believe they're going to be as aggressive looking forward as uh, as they're portraying for themselves. It's wonderful to see you. I'm glad you were able to be here. Uh, obviously, a big day, a monumental day. And um, we broke it down. Breaking news mode. Andrew Brenner, thank you very much. Thanks Always nice to have you on. A good call on the dollar, too. You're right on there. Andrew Brenner, head of International Fixed Income Securities, Nat Alliance Securities.